Is there a good, safe vaccine that you can take against affluenza? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlos Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcast. And yes, there is an upcoming Parsha, Hazinu, despite the fact that, of course, our focus is and should be on Yom Kippur just a few days away. But that will be followed only two days later by Shabbos and the Parsha on Shabbos Hazinu, a very significant Parsha, as they all are, but Hazinu kind of in a class to itself, the only Parsha that has the almost entire Parsha written in poem or song format, uh, a Parsha that there were many schools years back that used to make a big deal about memorizing parts or all of Hazinu. And we're not going to do that today on Tachlis Talks, but I want to look at one element that surfaces in Ha'azinu, and that is the issue of affluenza, or the kind of downside, the risks, the damage that sometimes develops from affluence, and maybe some techniques that can help prevent, not prevent the affluence, although there would be some who argue that that's the best resolution, but at least to offset some of the risk and turn affluence into a blessing rather than, God forbid, a curse. The text within the parsha describes Vayishman Yeshurun Vayivat Yeshurun, another name for Israel. Vayishman gets fat and Vayivat and kicks. Now, kind of a strange terminology. What are we kicking at? Well, for the next phrase, it's very evident. We are, unfortunately, tragically, kicking out against God. And the description of kicking has us thinking almost animal. Animals kick. How often do adult men kick each other? But Vayishman Yeshurim Vayivat is expressing something about the nation of Israel kicking. Some point to the next words, Shamanta Avisa, the becoming fat, you became fat. You became thick. And it goes on to describe how you became corpulent and then you rejected God. The continuation of that verse and a sense of abandonment of God. Almost a redundancy. Starts off, okay, it's shifted from the third person to the second person, but it seems to be mentioning the issue of getting fat and reacting inappropriately twice. Well, that very semi-redundancy and that subtle, subtle shift from the third person to the second person is seen by some as the very source of the resolution. I believe this is quoted in the name of the Dvar Ram that the text is describing how is it that you are becoming more financially successful? How is it that you're having this newfound wealth turns into an act of rejection turns you into one who kicks out against God because shamanta of visa, you were focused on yourself. You looked at all this wealth and, whoa, what does this do for me? How can I utilize this best? How can I, and instead of becoming broader, more open, more giving, more expansive in one's kindness, sometimes, God forbid, the reverse can happen. And with a newfound wealth, one starts appreciating all that money and, oh, I want more and more and more of it for myself and I'm less and less willing to part with that money. Years back, I had a relative who commented that she had been running youth Shabbatons programs where they'd put up teenagers or college students in different homes over Shabbat 
And when she was living with a group of her peers in a urban part of New York where the homes were really very small, generally apartments and generally small apartments, she never had a problem placing people for Shabbat. No one had a problem putting up somebody, a few kids on couches in the living room or have the kids sleeping in the dining room so their, their beds were available. There's just a sense of our home is available to those who have need. Then she moved out to a more suburban part of the city, or beyond the city, into a suburban part of New York, and found that even though she'd moved out there with many of her peers, there was a hesitation very often, oh, I can't put somebody up because I don't have made to put, get the guest room ready in time. And there was a need to have everything perfect and everything glimmering and glamorous for those same guests that just a few years ago you were comfortable giving them the couch that was perfectly fine for them. They gave them the sense of somebody who cared about me and provided me a home and that allowed for those Shabbatons to be successful because now with that added affluence, there's a certain sense of I have to be more rigid and more defined as how I allow somebody to see my home less than perfect and it was my is my guest accommodations not up to scale with the next home, then I'm not comfortable letting that be available. That is a tragic reaction to the fact that now I have the space, now I have the wherewithal to be providing more and more kindness, more and more chesed. So the message in that shamanta avisa kasisa, that it's because you're focused on the self, that's what's having the newfound money turn into a curse, turn you into somebody who is not acting like the mensch, not acting like somebody who realizes that, hey, I'm part of I'm part of Klai Yisrael, I'm part of the nation, I'm here for others, and if I have the gift of money, God is making me a treasure over those funds to help supply them to others. Rather, if one is being more self-focused, then one has that great risk of becoming more and more closed and more and more uh, unlikely to be responding appropriately. Another theme that can help us understand how to protect ourselves against the downside of the wealth, again, number one would be to be focused on the other, focused on community, focusing on ourselves as part of a big picture, rather than ourselves as, oh, I am the new holder of all this money, and how can I take greatest advantage of that? Another lesson, another type of a potential means of immunizing ourselves against the negative effects of the affluence can be seen in the term that actually surfaces a, a number of times in this parsha, and that is the term naval. Naval, nun beislamid, related to nevela. Nevela is a carcass. Naval, navol tibol, back by the uh, story of the breaking down of the languages at the time of the Tower of Babel. Navol is a breakdown, deterioration. And in this very verse where one has become too self-focused when they have the affluence and they've forgotten the source of that wealth and they've forgotten how to utilize that wealth for the other. Their relationship with God is described as a nabel. It was a breakdown in the relationship, a disturbing detachment. That's that root of naval and that relates to a term earlier in the Parsha, again later in the Parsha, and as Rashi describes naval, indicates the one who has forgotten God as the source of his success but a pretty severe term. Okay, we can understand it. Once the person's rejecting God, then maybe that naval. But just because one has not recognized that God is the provider, okay, so he's an ingrate. But naval, he's like a carcass? Commentaries say yes. Because what is a carcass? A carcass 
represents that term is when something was expected to have a certain vitality is no longer vital. And in fact, now that it's no longer vital, it's more of a negative than had it never had that life force to start with. For example, the carcass of the animal. Animals are higher up on the on the uh, chart of the created world. Animals certainly are higher up than the world of vegetation. A cow is not simply a mobile plant. It's a whole new level. But when the cow dies, it's not on par with the plant. The carcass is more of a negative. The plant is kind of a positive. The cow was a positive plus, a greater positive. But now that it's died, it's shifted down to lower than that plant. Even a plant that dies, a plant relative to the earth that nurtures it, is a positive. It's more sophisticated. It's not just earth that has vitality to it. The plant is a higher level of creation. But when the plant starts dying, withering, now it's scattering its parts and maybe having some type of putrid smell, in a sense, it's, it's worse off than the earth from which it was being nurtured. A human being who is not exercising his humanity, his humanity meaning that spark of godliness inside of him, that connectivity to God, that recognition that I have capacity to utilize all the gifts that are given to me to become a more spiritual being. But instead, I sever my ties from God. I forget that he's the source and I become very self-focused, self-meaning just my plain old body and not my spirit, not my soul. That human being is not being a mensch. He's failing the human mission. And as such, he's a failure. He's worse off in certain ways than the animal who's lower down on that chart. The animal is not a failure. If the animal is not exercising his divine spark, he doesn't have it. The human being has it and he's forgetting that, God, we have this connectivity. God, you are providing so that I can use all the blessings you give me to becoming more godly being, to mimic your ways of being a provider to others. Forgetting that, makes him that naval, that nivela, that carcass-like being. He's so out of sync with his potential. So as message number two, the second type of vaccine, our first vaccine was to be focused on the other. If we are blessed with wealth, we're blessed with sustenance, we're, we're blessed with all types of wonderful things, and thank God, living in probably the most affluent era of, of world history and the Jewish community, certainly, thankfully, blessed with much of that, not allowing ourselves to become focused internally and exclusively, but rather be broad-minded. How can I be an agent of God to mimic God and provide that to others? And on a second level, how can I be cognizant of my mission as a human being to, at the core, be in sync with the fact that there's a provider who's giving this to me? And I'm in sync with him and therefore recognizing that the, the blessings, each of these things are potential blessings and tests. If I fail, then it becomes a curse. So can I view this as something he's giving me? Okay, maybe he's giving me the wherewithal to take some time off my work and dedicate more time to volunteering in capacities of, of giving to others, spend more time in my own spiritual pursuit and, and development of, of Torah study. And I view the fact that there's a purpose for the blessing he's giving me because of that connection I have and the fact that he is a provider to me and I'm always in sync with that. That would be a very significant second type of means of immunizing us, ourselves against the risks that can develop from that wealth. Reality is, it's a double-edged sword and it's very, very risky. 
I've had several, several conversations with people. One, a wealth management professional who told me that in his, at that point, 20 plus years, uh, he had never seen a family that had shifted from being wealthy to super wealthy. And he was a player in quite a few families moving radically from being wealthy people, investing a lot of money, becoming super wealthy. He could not think of one family that was significantly happier because of it. Unfortunately, he had several examples that were the opposite. And only recently came across an article, maybe about three or four weeks ago, somebody who's involved with counseling families in crisis. And there are families that lack of funds certainly causes crisis and lack of funds creates tension. But this individual is commenting about the fact that he saw more severe damage from families that had been tasting the benefits of great wealth than of those who had suffered financial setbacks. So let's keep hoping we want the blessing. We daven, we pray for the blessing of, of wealth. At least on the communal level, it's exceedingly significant and important. And even on the personal level, most of us are not going to uh, shift away from appreciating the blessing of wealth. But let's immunize ourselves against those risks. Learn to be focused outwardly and upwardly. And in so doing, be the type of people who will be able to use the blessings that God gives us well, and then who'll want to give us more. We use it well, we share it well, we act as agents for godliness in this world. And as we are, of course, not ignoring Yom Kippur in front of us, having this commitment internally, having the commitment that, hey, I'm going to look back at how I can be more cognizant of you, God, as the source of my blessing, and I'm going to be more cognizant of how I can be playing the role of being like you, and helping see that others are tasting the benefits of that blessing that you've given me. It can make our Yom Kippur more significant. can hopefully provide that God secures us having a very good, healthy, wealthy future, starting with this particular year. And we will be the type of people that can use those blessings to do the type of good that will make us far more likely to achieve our tachlis.